den Richtlinien so vorgenommen worden sind, wie wir das für richtig halten. Das heißt... Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, oh, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! This looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man. Ha <laughs> ha! Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy. And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere. Or at Amazon.com or ArchaicMedia.info. That is A-R-C-H-A-I-C-M-E-D-I-A dot info. <laughs> shadow, Shadow on the Wall By Theodore Sturgeon Read by Wesley Critchfield It was long after bedtime and Bobby was asleep, dreaming of a place with black butterflies that stayed, and a dog with a whiffy nose and blunt, friendly, rubbery teeth. It was a dark place, and comfy with all the edges blurred and soft, and he could make them all jump if he wanted to. But then there was a sharp scythe of light that swept away everything, except the shaded smoothness of the blank wall beside the door. Someone always lived there. And Mommy Gwen was coming into the room, with a blaze of hallway behind her. She clicked the high-up switch, the one he couldn't reach, and the room light came, cruelly. Mommy Gwen changed from a flat, black, light-rimmed set of cardboard triangles to a night-lit daytime sort of Mommy Gwen. Her hair was wide and her chin was narrow. Her shoulders were wide and her waist was narrow. 
Her hips were wide and her skirt was narrow. And under it all were her two hard, silky sticks of legs. Her arms hung down from the wide tips of her shoulders, straight and elbowless as she walked. She never moved her arms when she walked. She never moved them at all unless she wanted to do something with them. You're awake. Her voice was hard, wide, and flat, and pointy, too. I was asleep, said Bobby. Don't contradict. Get up. Bobby sat up and fisted his eyes. Is Daddy... Your father is not in the house. He went away. He won't be back for a whole day. Maybe two. So there's no use in yelling for him. Wasn't going to yell for him, Mommy Gwen? Very well, then. Get up. Wandering, Bobby got up. His flannel sleeper pulled at his shoulders and at the soles of his snug-covered feet. He felt tousled. Get your toys, Bobby. What toys, Mommy Gwen? Her voice snapped like wet clothes on the line in a big wind. Your toys. All of them. He went to the play box and lifted the lid. He stopped, turned, stared at her. Her arms hung straight at her sides straight as her two level eyes under the straight shelf of her brow. He bent to the play box. Gollywick, Humpty Doodle, and the blocks came out. The starry, wormy piece of an old phonograph, the cracked sugar egg with a peephole girl in it, the cardboard kaleidoscope, the magic set with the silvery rings that made a trick he couldn't do, but Daddy could. He took them all out and put them on the floor. Here, said Mommy Gwen, she moved her straight-line arm to point at her feet with one straight-line finger. He picked up the toys and brought them to her, one at a time, two at a time, until they were all there. Neatly, neatly. She muttered. She bent in the middle like a garage door and did brisk things with the toys, so that the scattered pile of them became a square stack. Get the rest, she said. He looked into the play box and took out an old wood-framed slate, and a mixed-up box of crayons, the English annual storybook, and an old candle. And that was all for the play box. In the closet were some little boxing gloves and a tennis racket with broken strings, and an old ukulele with no strings at all. That was all for the closet. He brought them to her. He stacked them up with the others. Those things, too, she said, and at last bent her elbow to a point around. From the dresser came two squirrels and a monkey that Daddy had made from pipe cleaners. A small square plate of glass he had found on Henry Street. A clockwork top that sounded like a church talking. And the broken clock Jerry had left on the porch last week. Bobby brought them all to Mommy Gwen, every one. Are you going to put me in the other room? No, indeed. Mommy Gwen took up the neat stack of toys. It was tall in her arms. The top fell off and clunked on the floor, bounced, and chased around in a tilted circle. Get it, said Mommy Gwen. Bobby picked it up and reached it toward her. She stooped until she could put it on the stack, snug between the tennis racket and the box of crayons. Mommy Gwen didn't say thank you, but went away through the door, leaving Bobby standing, staring after her. He heard her hard feet go down the hall, heard the bump as she pressed open the guest room door with her knee. There was a rattle and click as she set his toys down on the spare bed, the one without a spread, the one with the dusty blue ticking on the mattress. Then she came back again. Why aren't you in bed? 
She clapped her hands. They sounded dry, like sticks breaking. Startled, he popped back into bed and drew the covers over his chin. There used to be someone who had a warm cheek and a soft word for him when he did that, but that was long ago. He lay with his eyes round in the light, looking at Mommy Gwen. You've been bad, she said. You broke a window in the shed, and you tracked mud into my kitchen. You've been noisy and rude. You'll stay right here in this room without your toys until I say you can come out. Do you understand me? Yes, he said, and he said quickly because he remembered this time. Yes, ma'am. She struck the switches swiftly, without warning, so that the darkness dazzled him, made him blink. But right away it was the room again, with the scythe of light and the shaded something hiding in the top corner of the wall by the door. There was always something shifting about there. She went away then, thumping the door closed, leaving the darkness, walking away in the light, all but a rug-fuzzed yellow streak under the door. Bobby looked away from that, and for a moment, just a moment, he was inside of his shadow pictures, where the rubber-fanged dog and the fleshy black butterflies stayed. Sometimes they stayed, but mostly they were gone as soon as he moved or else they'd be changed into something else. Anyway, he liked it there, where they all lived, and he wished he could be with them in the shadow country. Just before he fell asleep, he saw them moving and shifting on the blank wall by the door, and he smiled at them and went to sleep. When he woke, it was early. He couldn't smell the coffee from downstairs yet, even. There was a ruddy yellow sun swatch on the blank wall, a crooked square, just waiting for him. He jumped out of bed and ran to it. He washed his hands in it, squatted down on the floor, his arms out. Now, he said. He locked his thumbs together and slowly flapped his hands. And there on the wall was a black butterfly, flapping its wings right along with him. Hello, butterfly, said Bobby. He made it jump. He made it turn. He made it settle into the bottom of the light patch and fold up its wings until they were together. Suddenly, he whipped one hand away, peeled back the sleeve of his sleeper, and presto, there was a long-necked duck. Quack, quack, said Bobby, and the duck obligingly opened its bill, threw up its head to quack. Bobby made it curl up its bill until it was an eagle. He didn't know what kind of noise an eagle made either, so he said, Eagle, 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 and that sounded fine. He laughed. When he laughed, Mommy Gwen slammed the door open and stood there with a straight-lined bathrobe and straight, flat slippers. What are you playing with? Bobby held up his empty hands. I was just... She took two steps into the room. Get up, she said. Her lips were pale. Bobby got up, wondering why she was so angry. I heard you laugh, she said in a hissing kind of whisper. She looked him up and down and looked at the floor around him. What were you playing with? An eagle, said Bobby. What? Tell me the truth. Bobby waved his empty hands vaguely and looked away from her. She had such an angry face. She stepped, reached, put a hard hand around his wrist. She lifted up his arm so high he went on tiptoes, and with her other hand she felt his body, side to side. You're hiding something. What is it? Where is it? What were you playing with? Nothing. Really, truly nothing. 
Bobby gasped as she shook and patted. She wasn't spanking. She never spanked. She did other things. You are being punished, she said in her shrill, angry whisper. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Too stupid to know you're even being punished, she said to him, setting him down with a thump. I went to the door. Don't let me hear you laugh again. You've been bad, and you're not being kept in this room to enjoy yourself. Now you stay here and think about how bad you are for breaking windows, tracking mud, lying. She went out and closed the door with a steadiness that was like slamming, but quiet. Bobby looked down at the door and wondered for a moment about that broken window. He'd been terribly sorry. It was just that the golf ball bounced so hard, and Daddy told him he should be more careful, and he had watched sorrowfully while Daddy put in the new pane. Then Daddy had given him a little piece of putty to play with and asked him never to do it again, and he promised not to. And the whole time, Mommy Gwen hadn't said a thing to him about it. She just looked at him every once in a while, with her eyes and her mouth straight and thin. And she waited. She waited until Daddy went away. He went back to his sunbeam and forgot about Mommy Gwen. After that, he'd made a butterfly and a dog's head and an alligator on the wall. And the sunbeam got so thin that he couldn't make anything anymore. Except, for a while, a little black finger shadow that ran up and down the strip of light like ants on a matchstick. Soon there was no sunbeam at all, and he sat there on the edge of his bed and watched a vague flickering of something that lived in the end wall. It was a different kind of something. It wasn't a good something, and it wasn't bad. It just lived there. And the difference between it and the other things, the butterflies, the dogs, the swans, and the eagles who lived there, was something that didn't need his hands to make it be alive. The something stayed. Someday he was going to make a butterfly or a horse or a dog, and that would stay after he moved his hands away. Meanwhile, the only one who stayed, the only one who lived all the time in the shadow country, was that something that flickered up there, where two walls met in the ceiling. I'm going right in there and play with you, Bobby told it. You'll see. There was a red wagon and three wheels in the yard, and a gnarly tree to be climbed. Jerry came and called for a while, but Mommy Gwen sent him away. He's been bad. So Jerry went away. Bad, bad, bad. Funny how things he did didn't used to be bad before Daddy married Mommy Gwen. Mommy Gwen didn't want Bobby. That was all right. Bobby didn't want Mommy Gwen either. Daddy sometimes said to grown-up people that Bobby was much better off with someone to care for him. Bobby could remember way back when he used to say that with his arm around Mommy Gwen's shoulders and his voice ringing. He could remember when Daddy said it quietly from the other side of the room, with a voice like an angry, I'm sorry. And now Daddy hadn't said it at all for a long time. Bobby sat on the edge of his bed and hummed to himself, thinking about these things. He hummed to himself and didn't think of anything at all. He found a ladybug crawling up the dresser and caught it in a careful way, circling it with his thumb and finger so they crawled up on his hand by itself. Sometimes when you picked them up, they got busted. He stood on the windowsill and hunted until he found the little hole in the screen the ladybug must have come in through. He let the bug walk on the screen and guided it to the hole. It flew away, happy. The room was flooded with a warm, dull light reflected from the sparkly black shed roof, and he couldn't make out the shadow country people at all. So he made them in his head until he felt sleepy. 
he lay down and hummed softly to himself until he fell asleep. And through the long afternoon, the thing in the wall flickered and shifted and lived. At dusk, Mommy Gwen came back. Bobby may have heard her on the stairs. Anyway, when the door opened on the dim room, he was sitting up on his bed, thumbing his eyes. The ceiling blazed. What have you been doing? Was asleep, I guess. Is it night time? Very nearly. I suppose you're hungry. She had a covered dish. Hmm. What kind of answer is that? She snapped. Yes, ma'am. I'm a hungry mommy Gwen, he said rapidly. That's a little better. Here. She thrust the dish at him. He took it and removed the top plate and put it under the bowl. Oatmeal. He looked at it. He looked at her. Well? Thank you, Mommy Gwen. He began to eat with the teaspoon he had found hilt deep in the gray-brown mess. There was no sugar on it. I suppose you'll expect me to fetch you some sugar, she said after a time. No, he said truthfully, and wondered why her face went all angry and disappointed. What have you been doing all day? Nothing. Playing. Then I was asleep, little sluggard. Suddenly she shouted at him, What's the matter with you? Are you too stupid to be afraid? Are you too stupid to ask me to let you come downstairs? Are you too stupid to cry? Why don't you cry? He stared at her, round-eyed. You wouldn't let me come down if I asked you, he said wonderingly. So I didn't ask. He scooped up the oatmeal. I don't feel like crying, Mommy Gwen. I don't hurt. You're bad, and you're being punished, and it should hurt she said furiously, and turned off the light with a vicious swipe of her hard, straight hand, and went out, slamming the door. Bobby still sat there in the dark, and wished he could go into the shadow country, the way he always dreamed he could. He'd go there and play with the butterflies, and the fuzz-edged, blunt-toothed dogs, and giraffes, and they'd stay, and he'd stay, and Mommy Gwen would never be able to get in, ever except that Daddy wouldn't be able to come with him or Jerry either, and that would be a shame. He scrambled out of bed and stood quietly for a moment, looking at the wall by the door. He could almost for sure see the flickering thing that lived there, even in the dark, when the lights were on, on the wall. It flickered, a shade darker than the light. At night, it flickered a shade lighter in the black. It was always there, and Bobby knew it was alive. Bobby knew it without question, like, My name is Bobby and Mommy Gwen doesn't want me. Quietly, he tiptoed to the other side of the room, where there was a small black table lamp. He took it down and laid it carefully on the floor. He pulled out the plug and brought it down under the lower rung of the table, so it led straight across the floor to the wall outlet and plugged it in again. Now he could move the lamp far out into the room, almost to the middle. The lamp had a round shade. The shade pointed its open top at a blank wall by the door. Bobby, with the sureness of long practice, moved in the darkness to his closet and got his dark red flannel bathrobe from a low hook. He folded it once and draped it over the large lower end of the lampshade. He pushed the button. On the shadow country wall appeared a brilliant disk of light, crossed by the, just the hints of four wires that held the shade in place. There was a dark spot in the middle where they met. Bobby looked critically. Then, squatting between the lamp and the wall, he put out his hand. A duck, he whispered. An eagle, 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 he said softly. 
An alligator. Bap, bap, went the alligator as it opened and closed its long snout. He withdrew his hands and studied the round, cross-scarred light on the wall, the blurred center shadow, and its radiating lines, looking like a water bug, the kind that can run on the surface of a brook. It soon dissatisfied him, and it just sat there without doing anything. He put his thumb in his mouth and bit gently until an idea came to him. Then he scrabbled around the bed underneath which he found his slippers. He put one on the floor and one in front of the lamp and propped the other toe upward against it. He regarded the wall gravely for a time and then he lay flat on his stomach on the floor, watching the shadow carefully. He put his elbows together on the carpet, twinned his forearms together and merged the shadow of his hands with the shadow of the slipper. The result enchanted him. It was something like a spider, something like a gorilla. It was something brand new, something no one had ever seen before. He writhed his fingers, and then held them still. And now, the thing's knobby head was triangular, luminous eyes, and jaw that swung gaping. It had long arms for reaching, and a delicate whirl of tentacles. He moved the least little bit, and it waggled its great head and blinked for him. Watching it, he suddenly felt that the flickering thing that lived on the high corner had crept out and down and toward the beast he had made, closer and closer, until, whoosh, it noiselessly merged with the beast, an act as quick and complete as the marriage of raindrops on a window pane. Bobby crowed with delight. Stay, stay, he begged. Oh, stay there. I'll pet you. I'll give you good things to eat. Stay, please. The thing glowered at him. He thought it would stay, but he didn't want to chance moving his hands away just yet. The door crashed open, the switch clicked, and the room filled with an explosive light. What are you doing? Bobby lay frozen, his elbows on the carpet in front of him. His forearms together, his hands twisted oddly. He put his chin on his shoulder so that he could look at her, standing there, stiff and menacing. I was just... was just... She swooped down on him snatched him up off the floor and plumped him down on his bed. She kicked and scattered his slippers. She snatched up the lamp, pulling the cord out of the wall with emotion. You were not to have any toys, she said in a hissing voice. That means you weren't to make any toys. For this, you'll stay here for... What are you looking at? Bobby spread his hands and brought them together ecstatically, holding tight. His eyes sparkled. His small white teeth peeped out so they could see what he was smiling at. He stayed. He did, Bobby said. He stayed. I don't know what you're talking about, and I will not stay here to find out, snapped Mommy Gwen. She marched to the door, striking the high switch. And the room went dark, except for that blank wall by the door. Mommy Gwen screamed. Bobby covered his eyes. Mommy Gwen screamed again, hoarsely this time. It was a sound like a dog's bark but drawn out. Then there was a long silence. Bobby peeped through his fingers at the dimly glowing wall. He took his hands down, sat up straight, drew his knees up to his chest, and put his arms around them. Well, he said. Feet pounded up the stairs. Gwen? Gwen? Hello, Daddy. Daddy ran in, turning on the light. Where's Mommy Gwen, Bob boy? What happened? I heard it. Bobby pointed at the wall. She's in there, he said. Daddy couldn't have understood him, for he turned and ran out of the door calling, Gwen! Gwen! Bobby sat still. 
watching the fading shadow on the wall, quite visible even in the glaze of the overhead light. The shadow was moving. Moving. It was a point-down triangle thrust into another point-down triangle, which was mounted by a third, and underneath were two hard sticks of legs. It had its arms up, its shadow fists clenched, and it pounded and pounded silently on the wall. Now I'm never going into the shadow country, Bobby said complacently. She's there. So, he never did. <laughs>